Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. This is Richard Gearhart. And Elizabeth Gearhart. Welcome to Passage to Profit, a show about entrepreneurs and new businesses and the IP tools they need. If you have a problem with your patent, trademark, or copyright, we're the ones to call at Gearhart Law, 908-273-0700. Or if you need a new patent, new trademark, or new copyright, we can help with that too. Tonight, we have a slightly different format. We have an executive spotlight, our guest, and two pitchers. So I get to introduce our executive. We have Sylvia LaFerre. She has a PhD in clinical psychology, and she wears many hats. She is a top 30 global leadership guru. She is a CEO of Creative Energy Options, a global consulting company focused on redefining leadership, optimizing workplace relationships, and conflict resolution through extraordinary leadership. And she's an award-winning author. This lady does it all. Her books are Don't Bring It to Work, Gutsy, and Unique, and I think a couple others, too. Welcome, Sylvia. Ah, delighted to be here. So how did you move from counseling families to the business world? It's an important question, and I think for entrepreneurs, it's like suddenly there's an opportunity, and you need to pay attention. So what happened was we were doing a program for parents whose adolescent kids were driving them nuts, and the room was packed. This was back in my clinical psychology days. And at the end of the meeting, a man walked up to me, and I thought he was going to say something about one of his children, and he said, will you come work with my senior leadership team? And I said, why? And he said, they're fighting. And I said, so what? So he said, but Sylvia, you work with people who have to get along, families, and they have to get along. And I thought, okay, there's shared interests through genetics, the family, and shared interests through economics, the workplace. So went in had them learn how to play nicely in the sandbox together. (laughs) (laughs) And the rest is history. He told a friend who told a friend, and all of a sudden, my husband Herb and I, who worked together, found with our staff that we were working 99.9% in the business world. That's amazing. And so how does it feel as a professional counselor? I mean, I assumed you went into the counseling business because you wanted to help people with family issues, and then you made the transition to the business world. Do you ever feel like you left something behind when you did that? That's a good question, Richard. And the answer is no. I felt like I brought something because what we learned in our original organization, the family, about fairness and favoritism and backbiting and conflict is exactly what we bring into the workplace. So I brought to the workplace a quicker, faster way of redefining relationships. And there's nothing else like this out there. Right? If you say so. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen anything like exactly what you so, do. No, full, neither have I. Full disclosure here. Um, we met Sylvia uh, about 12 years ago, I think. And Elizabeth and I went through her mentoring program. And we talked about so many important things, things that happened to us in our past. And it was just amazing. I think I'm not lying at all if I say it completely changed my life. And this program is fantastic. And if you contact Sylvia, if you contact CEO, if you read her book, you'll learn so much about yourself, and it'll definitely help. And so I I just wanted to say thank you for all the work that you did for us. 
And also, I hope that you listening will make it a point to contact Sylvia, and hopefully she can help you too. That means a lot, Richard. Thank you. So what are you up to now? Well, it's the modern world, so we're putting our programs online. We People used to fly in from all over the world to do the retreats that you were part of. But right now, we're starting to put total leadership connections online. And I'll tell you a very funny story. When we started the program 20 years ago, it was TLC, Total Leadership Camp. And a lot of CEOs would say, I'm not paying to send my employees to camp. Change the name. (laughs) It sounds like they're having too much fun. (laughs) So we changed it to Total Leadership Connection. So it will be online before the year is out. And our other programs, we have a program for women leaders called Gutsy, and that will be online. And another one on diversity called Unique, that will be online too. So I'm looking at your Don't Bring It to Work book, and it has a lot of interesting and really helpful information. I'm just wondering, how can people find you online? What's the best place to look? The best place is to go to our website, which is Creative Energy Options, or C-E-O-I-N-C, creativeceoptions.com, and they can find me there or look up Sylvia LaFair, and LaFair is L-A-F-A-I-R, and Sylvia, you can all spell. So (laughs) So I have to say, when, when I went through the class with you, the retreat, it was really fun, but I think the thing that helped me the most, honestly, was that... I felt like I was pretty screwed up, but when I went there, there were all these beautiful, intelligent, wonderful people, and they were all just as screwed up as me. (laughs) (laughs) They were more screwed up than you were. (laughs) What's interesting is when you create a safe place for executives to begin to look at themselves, and and Herb, my husband, who, who we've worked together for a long time, has said personal growth is really leadership growth. So... Everybody has stories. Everybody has issues to talk about. We created a formula to help people see it without feeling embarrassed or ashamed or scared and to get to their next level of living. So how does that work? I mean, that sounds, it it does work. It's worked for Elizabeth. It's worked for myself, all the people that you've worked with over the years. But What happens for this transformation to take place? Well, the first thing is to create safety for a group to be together so they can talk about whatever is going on. Then we developed a process called Sankofa mapping. Sankofa is a word from Ghana that means clear the past to free the present or clear the past to free the future. We get stuck. We all do. And I believe that work is the most exciting place for change to occur. And uh, let me just say this is very funny because one day I got a call from the wife of somebody who was through the leadership program. And automatically, you know, you hear her name and I said, is everything okay? And she said, yes. So I said, well, how may I help you? She said, well, I'm just calling to say thank you. I said, for what? She said, I'm not sure, but the kids and I think that my husband is much nicer since he <laughs> has been through your program. <laughs> can you send him through again? <laughs> Actually, she said, when can uh, I go? Of course. That's what everybody says. Well, that's so wonderful. So you're doing an online program now. And so with 
just the dynamic and how the program works, how do you translate that into an online program? It's complicated because we have created the safety of people being in a room together, and and we still need human touch and being together. On the other hand, the world has become so virtual, and the younger generations, the millennials, are going, you want us to be in a room with you? We can just do it online. (laughs) And we just text our feelings to each other. (laughs) So what we have to do, that's interesting, because when when we work with teams, you know, there's an agreement that cell phones are off because oh, I yeah. watched people under the table texting <laughs> across the room and oh, saying well, not well, such nice things. Especially when you get to those difficult moments, right? Give me a distraction, right? Exactly. So, so, yeah. so we're, we're the Sankofa mapping, which really in the book, Don't Bring It to Work, I wasn't sure it was the right thing to put in the book, but, but the publisher said, no, it's really important. So we did put it there. And if you can't do the program and you can't get online for it, you can go and read the book and really begin to chart where the knots are that have to be changed. The world is in such a process of change. And what we work with are patterns, behavior patterns. Now, this is really important. Work is about, business is about, entrepreneurship is about solving problems. You solve a problem. And you go on to the next problem. And that's very cool. When you have a problem and the same problem keeps repeating, you have a pattern. And a pattern is not a problem. A pattern is where you've been stuck. So I suggest that if you look and you keep doing the same thing over and over, read my book, call me, or do our program. There you go. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Uh, Sylvia Lafare, CE Options right dot com dot com that's how we find you and thank you so much sylvia we just love having you here i'm so glad you were able to stop by new york on your way back to san fran thank you thank you both you're listening to passage to profit on wor 710 the voice of new york there's never been a better time to start your own business the opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm at gearheart law we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common they start with a solid foundation first gearheart law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs ideas and brands using patent trademark and copyright protection so if you have a new consumer consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. World. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W dot com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And now, a word about our newest sponsor, the New Jersey Technical Council. Their next event is on April 18th and is Demand Generation in E-Commerce. Well, that is a topic near and dear to my heart because it's marketing, basically, and that's something that everybody needs. And I think our guest
Yes, they have done a great job with that. So demand generation is really about getting new leads to your salespeople so they can sell your product. And this panel is going to discuss a number of ways to get these leads using what they call inbound marketing tactics on the internet, which is just bringing people to you through social media and others. So this is not something you would normally expect from your standard tech council organization, but the New Jersey Technical Council realizes that even techies need marketing to be successful. The event is on April 18th from 4 to 7.15 p.m. in Woodbridge, New Jersey. And you can go to the NJTC website at njtc.org and to the Upcoming Events tab to find out more. If you use the P2P code, that is Passage to Profit, you can receive a discount. Yeah, I think they have to spell out Passage to Profit. Right. And you'll receive a 50% discount off the cost of the ticket, which is not that expensive anyway. I think it's $40 for non-members and $20 for members. By putting in the Passage to Profit code, you can get the $20 rate. Our guest speaker will be Sanjeev Augustine from LifeSpeed. One of LifeSpeed's founders, he is an entrepreneur, industry-leading, agile, and lean expert, author, speaker, management consultant and trainer. With 25 years in the industry, he has served as a trusted advisor to executives and management at leading firms including Capital One, The Capital Group, CNBC, Comcast, Freddie Mac, and others. So welcome, Sanjeev. Thanks for joining us on Passage to Profit. Thank you, Richard. Great to be here with everybody in the studio today. We met probably like, what, three or four years ago, and we were at the Strategic Coach Coaching Program. And we instantly had a connection. We were sitting next to each other. I remember our initial conversation very well. And I was like, this is a guy who I really like and who I think has a lot to offer. And so you started your company and you grew it into a very successful firm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how that happened and what motivated you to start the company and some of the challenges that you might have faced along the way? Great question. And I want to sort of dial back to about 12 years ago, which that's when we started. And uh, I was uh, sitting in the room with some of our colleagues over here. I was a managing director of a consulting company in the Washington, D.C. area, visiting from Washington, D.C. here. And we started to look at the way we were doing business. And we said, you know, we don't really enjoy what we're doing anymore. We've become a bunch of paper pushers and you know, filing the so-called TPS reports and all that. And we looked at it, uh, our lives and said we were on the, fast on the way of becoming bureaucrats. And we said, this is not what we enjoy. What we do enjoy is connecting with people, making our own impression in the world in, you know, through organizational change and also through the whole field of leadership. That started the journey, and uh, that's when um, my co-founder, my Arlen Bankston, and I started this company called LifeSpeed. We had to find a, we we had an issue with finding a proper website name, so we picked the most complex name we could find. There's actually soft. <laughs> soft. Does the, anybody ever call and say, "Is this LifeSpeed?" <laughs> we we get all of it. There's actually a soft th in there, t h e. So, so LifeSpeed. LifeSpeed. There you go. And if you're English, then you're probably more familiar with it than we are in America. <laughs> so that's where we started, and that's our journey right now. That's great. And so how is having your own company different from working in the company you came from? So that's a great question. I think uh, I was listening with uh, great uh, sort of uh, admiration to uh, Sylvia when she's talking about leaders in the room and the whole sort of dynamic of creating leaders aligned behind a single purpose. And I think if the person at the top doesn't have that proper purpose in mind or so doesn't have the best interests of everybody else in, in the organization in mind, it causes a, a sort of a, 
uh, wrong chemistry or wrong dynamic. And so one of the things that I wanted to do as an entrepreneur was create a company that uh, where I could set an example from the top about what we consider wise leadership or authentic leadership, which is one of the big things that we we'd like to exhibit in the industry today. So how does your system work? We follow a system, I guess you could call it somewhat libertarian, but communal at the same time. It's called, it's a self-management system, and we've created a, an, a company where uh, each member of the company is responsible for themselves. We like to treat them as adults. They manage their own time. They don't, we don't clock their time. And uh, each one of us is out there uh, using our organization as a platform. And uh, with this sort of uh, system that creates a platform where we can support other people and at the same time create a community of people who are thought leaders, people who are entrepreneurs in of themselves, right? So they can come, they can be part of another group or, uh, and have that interaction and the social connection that's missing uh, in other larger organizations or even other top-down command and control uh, smaller organizations. Sure. And could you be a little bit more specific about what Lightspeed does? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. So we have this specialty in the in the field of so-called agile methods. So agile is in being faster and more flexible. So that, that's something that has been... In- so that, that's sort of like an organizational characteristic, right? So the goal is to have organizations that can turn on a dime based on yeah. external factors. Turn on a dime for a dime, if you will. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So it's actually both a verb and a noun. So you just describe Richard the verb as in you know turning on the dime for a dime, if you will. But it's also a set of methodologies closely related to the older lean methodologies that say, hey, if you follow this prescription, you can become little a agile, if you will. So companies will look to, for example, things like I'll, I don't want to go into too much jargon over here. There are methodologies like Scrum or Scaled Agile Framework or Scrum at Scale. And what we do is we work with organizations, small, medium, and large, and help them employ or deploy these mas- these methodologies to become literally agile, as in faster, more flexible. So do you find that the employees become more entrepreneur-like as a result of this? Yes, and it's actually not for everyone. What we found is that if people have that entrepreneurial muscle, if you will, our employees, then they love working this way. And some people are uh, better suited to working this way. And some people don't want to work this way because they don't want to be responsible for, dare I say, thinking for themselves or managing themselves. So if individuals are more comfortable um, being told what to do or being directed on a day-to-day basis, then that's not necessarily the company that we are in, uh, that we are. And the people who do want to work this way and want to be in charge of their own direction, own lives, uh, find it a great place to work. So, you know, our previous speaker, Sylvia, mentioned uh, millennials who want to do everything in a, in a sort of a digital fashion. Well, one of the things that we know about the millennial generation is that they want a lot more meaning and purpose mm-hmm. in their lives. And they also want to have control over their own lives and their careers and their trajectory up the career path, or sometimes no career path at all. They just, you know, sort of want to fast track a lot of that stuff. So if I'm an entrepreneur and I want to apply some of these principles to my business, what are some of the things that I should do? So there are two websites that you can take a look at. The first one is, of course, our primary website. It's called it's lightspeed.com, L-I-T-H-E. S-P-E-E-D, one word, dot com. And there's another framework that we've rolled out, and that is Business Agility Sparks, 
right? The ignitesparks.com. So again, three words, but strung together, business agility, sparks.com. I've written a couple books. They can take a look at that as well. But in those two or at those two websites, what, what entrepreneurs will find is a set of practices and tools and uh, an overall framework that they can take and apply if they're choosing to move towards this goal of business agility. Well, that sounds great. It sounds a little abstract. Can you give us some examples of how that might work in practice? We will engage at, uh, on occasion with, you know, with companies or, and we'll work with their management teams to lay out a more prescriptive way of applying these, these concepts. So one of the th- let's take three of those sparks, if you will. The first one is this concept of an end-to-end team. Many organizations are hidebound. They have a lot of silos, organizational silos, and it takes a long time for them to turn around and deliver value to their end customers. So what we, we like to do is we say, let's put a team together, a cross-functional team is a simple way to look at it. Let's get the right, time, right people in the room and let's get them working together to deliver value quickly. That's one way of working. Another more sort of abstract concept or a little tongue twister over here is something that we call an agile value management office. So this is one level up at the, at the management level. We say, let's get people to work together. Let's get leaders and managers to work together and let's have them cut through the red tape, cut through the bureaucracy. And there are some practices that we, uh, we advocate for that agile VMO or value management office. I imagine that you get some pretty creative ideas this way that you wouldn't get otherwise. Uh, completely. So what starts to happen is it's magic, right? So once we get through the bureaucracy, when we get people together, whether it's the the teams, the cross-functional teams or management teams together or management and end-to-end teams together, uh, what people start to do is they start to remember the future, if you will, right? So they remember how they work together as an organization when they were smaller, when they were more entrepreneurial, that they've forgotten uh, as they grew a little larger or they remember how to work together as a team, play nice in the sandbox, and the ideas that come, the innovation that comes, there's a bunch of metrics, you move faster, you know, 60, 70% faster, you get more in, in return on investment, all the business uh, stuff that we love. Uh, better ideas, faster, turning more agility. If somebody has a small company, uh-huh. they have three or four employees working together, mm-hmm. Are there concepts from agility management, lean startup, mm-hmm. that they can apply in their business? Yeah. And, and what would those be? Absolutely. So there's a concept called lean discovery. So if you're looking to validate your business model, if you're looking to go out and figure out what exactly is the business idea that's going to be, uh, make you successful, you can take this concept of lean discovery, go out and talk to your end customers, discern, if you will, through those conversations and also through observing discern what their biggest need is, and systematically either validate or invalidate a lot of ideas. And then you can tune your business model as a small as a small company or a small group of people that's looking to start a business, figure out and quickly convert on that business model that's going to make you successful. And once you find that, the other part of it is also as a small company, you've got to figure out very quickly when you do find a good idea, how do you scale? So a lot of what I talked about it is, it applies to scaling. Uh, but there's two, those two things go together, you know, quickly iterating or converging on a business model, and then once you find the business model to scale. Would you say for an entrepreneur it's really important to figure out what your product is and what your market is early on? Because you don't really want to start scaling, right, and yeah. find out you're scaling to the wrong thing. 
And the lean startup model helps you do that. Correct. And it's so it's kind of making it up as you go along, right? It's making it up, but with calculated guesses and disciplined experimentation, if you will. So it's not pulling stuff out of the thin air. Your entrepreneurial journey, has this been a straight shot? You applied all of these great concepts to your business and it's been an easy road? I think the former is true, but the latter is not. I have definitely applied all of these concepts to our own business. It has not been an easy road, as the uh, as the gray on my hair will uh, on my head will attest to. Uh, there have been a, a several harrowing moments along the way when you, you you know you want to kind of make the make sure that you get the customer, you deliver the solution, and also uh, the soft stuff is the hard stuff. You know, how do you get a group of people together? How do you assemble them behind this shared purpose? How do you get them to stay committed to your own vision of an entrepreneurial journey? And we've been on, on this journey for 12 years. Many of our other, uh, the, the companies that started around the same, same time that we did have either gone out of business or have been merged or acquired by others. So for us, the, uh, you know, we have always take the, the, what I call the art of the long view. Now we, we have a very clear goal as to where we're going in terms of what we want to be as a company and what we want to do for our customers. Sanjeev Augustine from Lifespeed. How can our listeners find you? Google S-A-N-J-I-V, Sanjeev Augustine. There are several different websites, you know, lightspeed.com, businessagilitysparks.com, and such. And you're listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710, The Voice of New York. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years. Hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world. QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me. Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Now it's time for the pitches. After the pitches, your listeners can go to the Passage to Profit page at GearhartLaw.com and vote for your favorite pitch. That's GearhartLaw, G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W. You can only vote once and the voting continues for a week. So you have to get all your networks to come on and vote for you. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just remember the name by imagining you're walking down a passage with a huge pot of gold at the end. And may your passage be short and your profit be huge. Our first pitch is by Daniel Farb. You have two minutes, Daniel. Go. Thank you, Elizabeth. Well, I'm going to help them get the pot of gold. And the way I'm going to do it is that I'm the founder and CEO of Flower Turbines. We're addressing the issue of why wind turbines, small wind turbines, have not become a major 100 billion plus enterprise the way that solar has. And we've solved the technological and other issues that prevent it from happening. Some of those are that we make the turbines beautiful and low noise, but also at the same time we make them more efficient. And one of the ways that we do it is that we make it so that they start at lower wind speeds. Most turbines start at three meters per second wind. Ours start at 1.2. 
Now, in addition to that, one of the big game changers here is that the turbines have a cluster effect. If you've seen the big turbines, normally they're separated by a large amount of space between each one. That's because they interfere aerodynamically with each other. Ours are so constructed that when you place them close together at the right distance, they actually make their neighbors perform better. That is a game changer. It's a game changer in terms of technology, aerodynamic technology, and it's a game changer in terms of the business model because now we can make small wind farms on rooftops, parking lots, and so forth. So that's why we believe that our turbines, which we call tulips because they're also beautiful and they are bird-friendly, can become a multi-billion-dollar business. That sounds amazing, really. And I've never heard of that before, of you actually being able to get a synergistic effect from having a bunch of these together. That's right. For this type of turbine, a drag-type, vertical-axis-type turbine, vertical axis means that it spins with the axis pointing up rather than most of the turbines you see where the axis is horizontal. So we're able to find an effect for this type of turbine. Uh, Some have found different kinds of effects with other types of turbines, but for this type of turbine, I believe we're the only one, and everything that we do is either patented or patent pending. So that's great, and I I love that you bring up patents, by the way. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) So, and and being the geek that I am, I just have to get into the weeds here a little bit. So when when I hear that the turbine starts spinning at a lower wind speed, my geek just goes crazy and wants to know how do you do that. So we start with the type of turbine, a type of vertical axis turbine that normally starts at a little bit lower wind speed, and we've done a few things to it in order to make the efficiency increase. I'm not going to get technical because I don't think everybody in the audience would want that, but we add a double curve where there was a single curve. Uh, We have uh, certain ways of breaking up the wind on the back of the turbine where it hits so that it doesn't become turbulent. In other words, the different areas of the turbine can interfere with each other after it hits the turbine. So that's one little thing, and we did simulations. We have the exact formula for how you make the different areas of air separate from each other. And there are some things in terms of the exact amount of airspace here and there and the angles that may seem rather small. And sometimes people come up to us and say, gee, haven't I seen a turbine like that before? Well, you might have seen pretty much like it, but still you may not have seen the exact things that we have done before. So that's how we do it. So when do you see this as becoming the wave of the future? I hear your passion and I'm behind it 100%. Well, I think it's going to happen this coming year. The reason is is that uh, we've been running a successful uh, equity crowdfunding campaign. Uh, to this date, we've raised over $300,000, which has given us some money to finish up some engineering, and we're planning to start manufacturing uh, some of the first ones in the next few weeks. We have some early clients almost ready with contracts, and we're going to ship some of the first ones out for third-party testing. Could you describe who your ideal customer is? My ideal customer might be, for example, Walmart, which has thousands of rooftops, very often in windy areas, and has a commitment to sustainability. And 
where instead of doing the old thing of just putting one up for show, we can put a lot of turbines up for dough. Uh, on the, <laughs> you should trademark that slogan. Uh, uh, well, we'll talk about that later, right, Richard, you're, right? You're I'm at the, the right, right spot. I'm yeah. in the right place for this. So uh, that would be an example where we can take advantage of the fact that we have a technology that enables us to do many at one time, and that brings the total cost down because you just need one civil engineer to approve many different turbines. You need one installation crew to put in many different turbines. I could actually put these on my house, right? And I could have the energy go straight into my house instead of going back to the grid. Right, or to you first and the grid after that. So do you foresee these becoming affordable for homeowners? Definitely. Thanks to the uh, people who've contributed to our funding campaign, I hired an extra engineer, and we've now uh, pretty much finished the engineering for a smaller version that's appropriate for houses in addition to like the bigger version that's made for the Walmarts of this world. And how does it compare financially if you invest in the turbine compared to what you're paying for energy? How does that math work out? So in New York, there's no doubt about it that we can beat the grid cost and in Long Island because it's high. But it depends on your resource. It depends on the price of electricity. There are a lot of uh, issues. I will say in comparison to solar, uh, that in a good wind area, like in the northeast near the coast, it's a slightly better return on investment than solar, but where it really shines is it's around 80% greater in terms of the amount of money you can make per square foot because it's vertical and it's more efficient. I have a daughter who is an earth activist. She does documentaries. I'll get her in touch with you. I'll bet she would love this. But I was impressed with where you were talking about the beauty of this, too. I intend to uh, use them in many different artistic ways to make them into eco-art. And I have ideas of what kind of art, but they come in a nice pattern already. But you can make your, well, make it so that people can choose their own colors. Before you know it, you're going to be painting designs and all sorts of things. Well, one of the my ambitions, like he asked, who's my ideal customer? My really ideal customer, aside from Walmart, is maybe somebody in the Hamptons who would like some beautiful modern art put on the outside of the turbine so they can watch the art while it spins. So if any of you in the audience are from there, please contact me. (laughs) (laughs) And that's true innovation. Thank you very much, Dan. Where can they find you again? So the best place to find us would be flowerturbines.com, or if you go to the equity crowdfunding site Start Engines, it's Start Engines slash flower hyphen turbines, and that would be the way in which they could really help us the most at this stage would be to give us enough money to enter the market strongly. Daniel Farb. Thank you. You're listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710 with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearhart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearhartLaw.com. At Gearhart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection 
protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We're on to our second and final pitch. We only have two pitches today. We changed the format a little with Yap Dekinga, and he came up here from Washington, D.C. Welcome, Yap. Thank you so much for having me. I'm here to pitch Chunurel. Uh, it's a technology that I invented because I had the problem myself. The problem we're solving is you're driving in your car, you're listening to the radio, you hear an ad on the radio, you're driving, you can't write it down. So what do you do? Most people forget it. So what we created is the audio version of the QR code. The way that it works is there is, for example, a store on NPR. I know I want to share it with my friend George. At the end, uh, there's a tune URL. The, phone on, the app on the phone will open up. You can say, I'm interested, and the phone will save that story to the back end. Um, for example, there's um, an advertisement for a new dentist. I know we need to go to the dentist. Within that ad, they say the phone number. At the end of the advertisement, there's the tiny tune URL. The app will open up. I say I'm interested, and my phone will call that phone number. This is really connecting the radio to the internet. Great. So it's an amazing coincidence that a man who has radio technology is showing up at iHeart Studios. <laughs> is this part of your covert marketing plan? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is really um, the patent, which you guys are probably interested. It's, it's uh, almost wrapped up, um, so I got some feedback, finally uh, finalizing that. So this is really where we're starting to market and bring this solution to the market. Did you do the patent yourself? Uh, yes, I had a little help, but mostly wrote myself. Oh, and how did you find that process? Very long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people tell us we write term papers for a living, right? So <laughs> yeah, the language itself was pretty easy written, but using the right format to make sure that that's, that's what I needed some help with um, and making sure that it's got all the things in there that it needed. You need some help with it. You can't do it yourself. Well, congratulations for slogging through that process on your own. You must have a lot of determination. So, <laughs> I would just like to say that I love this app. I want to get it as soon as it comes out because I can't tell you how many times I'm driving, listening to the radio, and this has happened to me more than once. And I, I hear something, and I try to go on the radio station, but I can't quite find it because I'm not looking in the right place. I would love to just be able to store it and then be able to look at it later. Yeah, so this is really what a lot of people run into so often. So this is really that's something that we need to start getting adoption into the market with. We can get this technology to radio stations very easy. They can even build this technology into their own app. So listeners don't need to download anything. This technology can even be used by radio hosts. So you can also use it for polling. So the way that it would work is you would ask a question, you play your personal host tune URL. All your listeners would say, yes, I agree, or no, I would disagree. And you can see on the website, 400 people responded, and 70% of you agrees with your statement. So that way you can really 
start interacting with your listeners instead of just speaking into the mic and just only informing them. So it sounds like a great idea, Yap. And I had a que- um, just a simple question over here. If I'm sort of thinking about this and let's say I'm in my car, I'm driving, I listen to a clip on WOR and, and then I, I want to record that, if you will, or store that. Uh, what's the? Uh, am I hearing you say that I got to click something or is there a voice activated uh, saying, hey, store this for me as well? So, yeah, great question. So the way it work is you have, for example, a story on um, wind turbines on the radio. At the end, they will play a tiny three to seven seconds audio. The beginning of that audio segment will be an audio trigger. The audio trigger will open up the tune URL technology on an app on your phone. The app will open up. Uh, currently, for the prototype, we only have swipe, but we're looking into building in voice command. So then that's the only thing what you do. You say voice command save and the app will save whatever call to action information was stored on our web service, store it on your phone. So the moment you get to your destination, you can open up the app, go to all the stories that you saved and either read it again or share it with one of your friends. So what exactly is saved? Is it a website uh, URL or is it a a text note, what is it that the user sees when they've activated the app? Great question. So it all depends. So we have a web service that we've built. So the way that it works in the radio, you've got your little tune URL that is connected with an audio fingerprint, similar kind of Shazam. So there's an audio fingerprint that is stored with a record. Currently, the information that we have for a website is the URL, a short description, a title, and a picture. But it's it's extremely since it's just a database, extremely easy to build out to future other applications, whatever the market would need. It's also f- not just for the radio listener itself, but also for the radios themselves, the advertisers. They currently have no idea who's interested in the ad, which ad works best, how much impact that ad has on the sales. With TuneURL, we can give the same level of details as we have with a banner ad. This is the amount of people that went to the website. This is the amount of people that shared. All of that data suddenly will become available and we can suddenly show like, hey, how successful is this ad? Also, suddenly radio advertisers can start doing A-B testing. So you can have an 8 a.m. ad with someone with a German accent. You can have a 9 a.m. ad that has someone with a British accent. And you can suddenly see, hey, which ad works better for our audience? That's very powerful because I can tell you doing the marketing, I keep researching and reading this, ROI is the most difficult thing to determine. Somebody will say, oh yeah, I found you on the internet. It's like, well, where, (laughs) right? Yes. We can store a lot of information, but we don't want to store the same information as Facebook or Google because we're still talking about radio. It doesn't matter who exactly was interested in that ad. We want to know there's a woman between the ages... 30 and 40, who was driving in Alabama, we don't care that much that it was Carrie Johnson. We just want to know some generic information. Um, So that way we can start building a map out being like, hey, this is some of the bigger data things. So do you have GPS data that you're coordinating with the data when you collect it? The current app doesn't have it, but it's something we're considering. Um, That way we can just do some rough information. But again, it needs to be anonymous it shouldn't be tracked to one person because we don't want to fall in the same google facebook it's and it's radio we don't we you can't 
Taylor at Radio 2 Specific Persons, which you can with your uh, Facebook or your Gmail. When and where is this going to be available? I want it for my car. <laughs> <laughs> There's three parties that need to be in play. Um, so technology-wise, um, the app is currently available in the Apple Store and in the Google Play Store. So if you Google TuneURL in your either store, in your phone, you will find the app there. We do need the radio stations to start using it. And we also will be useful if advertisements will start using it. Currently, the way that advertisers make you remember a website or phone numbers, they say it seven times. For me personally, it just annoys the bajinkies out of me. And let me tell you, for the radio host, repeating that information over and over and over again gets to be a pain too. So Yes. So with, with TuneURL, you can really focus on the message and have the TuneURL be the call to action. I'm with Sylvia. I'm, I want one of these in my car as soon as possible. Um, I'm curious, have you done some early testing? You mentioned A-B testing, you know, uh, version A versus version B. Uh, if so, who are your early users and what's some of the initial feedback you're getting from those users? We had uh, two small radio stations start using it for the, the polling uh, functionality. One of the biggest struggles is for people to get the technology on their phone. So this is, I think, why we're looking to collaborate with companies like iHeartRadio to build this technology into their app. So that way you get the technology is on the phone available. Yap Dekinga with Tune URL. And the website is www.tuneurl.com. You're listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710, the voice of New York. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. And remember everyone to go to the Passage to Profit page at GearHeartLaw.com, G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W, and vote for your favorite project. So to summarize, we had Daniel Farb with Flower Turbines. That's FlowerTurbines.com. And we had Yop Kinga with Tune URL. So that's T U N E U R L dot com. Choose your favorite and vote. Now Google Passage to Profit and make your choice. Remember, you can only vote once and you have until next Sunday at 7 p.m. to vote. This evening's pitch contestants will receive a Passage to Profit t shirt, and the best overall vote getter for the show will receive an Amazon gift card valued at $25. <laughs> And this is where I get to say I really want to thank everybody who came here and participated. We had somebody from San Francisco, two people from Washington, D.C., actually a native New Yorker. (laughs) 
very unusual. But I thought that we had a really good show and some very innovative, creative things today. And I want to say thanks again to our guests, Sylvia LaFerre and Sanjeev Augustine, who both took us over the top in so many ways. Do we have any final words of wisdom for our listeners? I just want to acknowledge the innovation and creativity, and it's what the world needs now. We need to break the old patterns of behavior that have gotten in the way of creativity. And everybody here is an innovator. And that's what's so exciting. Sylvia LaFerre, I'm looking at your Don't Bring It to Work book. And it has a lot of interesting and really helpful information. I'm just wondering, how can people find you online? What's the best place to look? The best place is to go to our website, which is Creative Energy Options, or C-E-O-I-N-C, creativeceoptions.com, and they can find me there or look up Sylvia LaFair, and LaFair is L-A-F-A-I-R, and Sylvia, you can all spell. So, <laughs> so I have to say, when, when I went through the class with you, the retreat, it was really fun. What's interesting is when you create a safe place for executives to begin to look at themselves. And and Herb, my husband, who, who we've worked together for a long time, has said personal growth is really leadership growth. So everybody has stories. Everybody has issues to talk about. We created a formula to help people see it without feeling embarrassed or ashamed or scared and to get to their next level of living. So how does that work? I mean, that sounds, it, it does work. It, it, it's worked for Elizabeth. It's worked for myself, all the people that you've worked with over the years. But what happens for this transformation to take place? Well, the first thing is to create safety for a group to be together so they can talk about whatever is going on. As we are changing in the workplace, work is the place where growth comes where development comes. And Sanjay, you were saying the same thing in your way. And I just want to encourage everybody out there, every entrepreneur, know yourself. Begin to search inside yourself and find out who you are, because that's the road to major success. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just going to second that and say to to both of our entrepreneurs and, of, of course, my esteemed fellow guest over here, um, you are driving innovation, one in the hardware field and one in the software field, and it's new ideas that we need where there's a lot of disillusionment out there, and it's folks such as yourselves that are, are leading us into the solutions of tomorrow and into the brave new world. So keep on doing what you're doing, and as Sylvia said, believe in yourself. Sanjeev Augustine from Lifespeed. How is having your own company different from working in the company you came from? So that's a great question. I think uh, I was listening with uh, great uh, sort of uh, admiration to uh, Sylvia when she's talking about leaders in the room and the whole sort of dynamic of creating leaders aligned behind a single purpose. And I think if the person at the top doesn't have that proper purpose in mind or so doesn't have the best interests of everybody else in, in the organization in mind, it causes a, a sort of a, a wrong chemistry or wrong dynamic. And so one of the things that I wanted to do as an entrepreneur was create a company that uh, where I could set an example from the top of what, what we consider wise leadership or authentic leadership, which is one of the big things that we, we like to exhibit in the industry today. 
So how does your system work? We follow a system, I guess you could call it somewhat libertarian, but communal at the same time. It's called, it's a self-management system, and we've created a, an, a company where uh, each member of the company is responsible for themselves. We like to treat them as adults. They manage their own time. They don't, we don't clock their time. And uh, each one of us is out there uh, using our organization as a platform. And uh, with this sort of uh, system that creates a platform where we can support other people and at the same time create a community of people who are thought leaders, people who are entrepreneurs in of themselves, right? So they can come, they can be part of another group or, uh, and have that interaction and the social connection that's missing uh, in other larger organizations or even other top-down command and control uh, smaller organizations. Oh, I just wanted to say I thought the projects were great. And in a strange way, they have something in common because they're both about efficiency. In the case of the wind turbines, uh, efficient use of the wind and creating energy, obviously, but also in terms of the data collection app for radio, being able to efficiently understand what your audience wants and hears so that programmers can develop programs that reach more people, reach more people of their target audience. And so it's a more efficient way for broadcasters to gain information and data as opposed to the old way, which was just putting it all out there and hoping that something sticks. So compliments and kudos to both of our entrepreneurs. When we were at lunch with Sylvia and Herb Kaufman, is Sylvia's husband, he asked me, what is the essence of your show? What are you trying to do with this show? Why are you doing this? And I think I boiled it down to we want everyone in the world to realize that they can be an entrepreneur. Everybody has ideas. And if you can take your idea and if you have the energy and you have the time and you can execute on it, you can change the world. We're talking about the future here. So I, I want to acknowledge what Elizabeth just said. And as the two ladies in this room filled with wonderful men, we're working together in new ways. And our gutsy model is about women becoming more daring like you, Elizabeth, and me. And men becoming more caring, which is what we saw with all these great innovations. And my formula here is daring plus caring equals sharing. And we'll have a much more effective world as we all work together. Thank you for that. We would like to thank you and all of our pitchers and our producer, Noah Fleischman, and our sound engineer, Rob Barretts, who really makes this sound good on the radio, and our media maven, Kenya Gibson, and the whole iHeart team. So don't forget to join us next week. You never know what you're going to hear on this show, but it will be excellent, and you can start thinking about what your pitch will be. And also start thinking about your intellectual property needs. And look us up on GearheartLaw.com. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart on iHeartRadio with Passage to Profit. WOR710, the voice of New York. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to 
to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law. www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.